What's the Homework, Episode 15, The Parables of Plath, with your hosts, Ed and Eric. This week, Ed and Eric are joined by the incomparable Sydney to read and discuss poetry and maybe help your hosts learn a thing or two before regressing into their regular crunchy shenanigans. Peep the show notes to follow along with this week's readings. So, grab your pen, yellow pad of paper, and rhyming dictionary. You have a poem due for English in 15 minutes and can't find a word that rhymes with orange. Class is about to begin. Sorry, I'm looking up how to pronounce one of these words in this poem. Wow, good thing you connected with the <laughs> Three, two, one. And we're starting now. I am, I'm really surprising you, Eric. Here we are. Eric? Eric? Fine, it can just be me on the podcast. It's not a big deal. Guys, welcome to What's the Homework? I'm Ed, and... Eric is on the other side of the hey, computer. Hey, I'm he, here. I'm here. I, I'm here. Whew. Oh, God. Were you doing something or were you just no, trying to scare just, me? I, I was, was scared. looking up different words that I didn't know in these poems. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already threw it out there. And that melodious laugh you hear is our guest who I'll introduce. Don't you dare say a word yet. Don't even think about it. Guys, welcome to What's the Homework? The show where Eric and I uh, assign homework assignments and we fail at doing them. And sometimes we do them and... Yeah, it's honestly I did this joke last time, but it really is like homework was in high school. Were you were you good at homework, Eric? No. I would usually do it what in do homeroom. Mean? And by do it, I mean I would me too. copy other people's homework in homeroom. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Me too. <laughs> so <laughs> me t- see I'd copy math homework though. I'd pretty much only copy math homework. Because I it was just like do the problems and I just didn't want to do them. Right. Totally. I don't know why I didn't do them. You should have probably done them. I feel like math and science go hand in hand. What was the biggest assignment you just didn't do? That, there were never big ones. Like, because I would feel guilty. It was more like homework where it was like Spanish where you had to like fill in the blanks. And I was like, this is dumb. I'm not learning. I still suck at Spanish. There's no way that you were so rebellious and eloquent. Like, I'm not learning. This isn't challenging me properly. Is that what you're yeah, thinking? of course. I was a brilliant child. Okay. I just wasn't challenged in, in the right ways. In like seventh grade, we had this class. I forget what it was called. I feel like we got honestly, looking so back, far away from introducing our guest. It's a big teaser. No, no one knows who it is. We'll I get have so much to Listen, say. Let me finish what I'm trying. Oh, she talked. Start over. All right. This is what's the homework. All right. We'll Thanks start for recording. Coming. Bye, guys. See you next week. That was funny. So back to what I was saying. We had a class in like seventh grade where they would just like teach you how to be organized. And every week we would have or every month we'd have folder checks. And they'd be like, did you keep your folder organized? And I just didn't have a folder. <laughs> like I just like didn't do it. Everything was shoved in my bag. And like I wish I was I feel like that was an important class. What? Why didn't you get a folder? I had a folder. I just didn't use it. I just would shove things in my bag. Huh. I'm better now. You kind of have to take care of things. All right, Eric, you are like dying. Introduce the guest. Who's our guest? All right, we have a very special, wonderful, lovely guest who's very nervous, but she's going to be great. She also lives with me, and we're also engaged because we're going to get married. And by the time this podcast comes out, 11 11 months? No, Wait, no, less than that. Ten months. Ten. Ten months. Ten months. Yeah. It's Sydney Perry. What? Sydney, you said I said her last name. name. I did. Can you edit that out? Uh, nope. It won't be her last name for much longer. Or will it? It, it will we don't be have to talk forever. About this <laughs> forever and ever. You clearly okay. didn't read our website, Ed. I did read your website, which is a beautiful did website. Did you get our save video? Guys, sit. No, I don't think we did what yet. That's not possible because everyone got it. Maybe we did, and Katie just didn't put up on. Kate, Katie did not put it up on the fridge. We'll send it's you another one. But anyway, guys, rather than everybody being mean to me and yelling at me that I didn't get the mail that I was supposed to, guys, welcome Sydney on the podcast. I'm so glad you came me on. Me too. This is a great topic for me. It's gonna, it is. I mean, I like poetry. I think. And Eric, what's your experience with poetry? I'm not generally? sure that I like poetry. You're smart. Just the things that you feel are the right things. They're right for you. Like if you go when you go to the art museum and you are horny looking at pictures, that's what the right feeling oh. for you. Okay, so I think it's fine. Are you guys in separate rooms recording? Separate yeah. rooms, just like we sleep at that's night. How you... <laughs> 
a lot of adults do that and it like freaks me out a little it's bit weird. it's do you think they have a the third is, coitus think, bed or do they like pick like a, depends who like, sheets are clean like sometimes it it's like love making night clean. and so we're on the wife's bed sometimes it's getting down and dirty put on the puppy costume so it's we're going to daddy's bed you know i don't like this at all you I, I wish you said dog costume, but I think that was really telling. Oh, that I said puppy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're here. We do our podcast. We have segments. We assign things. This week's assignment was poetry generally. And we're lucky enough to have Sydney on, who is an expert of poetry. Should we say expert? I would not say that. She's written poetry. I read I read a lot of poetry you, and I used to write read a, a lot, lot of poetry. poetry in college. And you've been, did you do you remember at what age you like discovered poetry? I feel like is your is your your mom's like a works books? Yeah, she's a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> books yeah. I didn't want to say she was a librarian and then she wasn't. <laughs> so like I just wanted to say books generally. Has your mom like who introduced you to poetry first? I feel like along with everybody else in the world, it was pretty much like middle school English class where you had to read like Shakespeare sonnets, but I liked them. That's yeah, that's yeah. cool. I mean, I kind of like, I've always known that you really like poetry and you've written some pretty amazing stuff and you clearly like have learned about it a lot, but it's, it's a good feeling to know that wasn't just like something that like you need to be, your family needs to be teaching you that it's okay to like learn about it at school. I remember poetry like first, interest was like shell silverstein yeah that's a good one somebody would like read those i just thought they were so funny and some of them were dirty and some of them were scary i just liked i also like the pictures a lot maybe I eric what's your eric your poetry with poetry yeah so does yes. dr seuss count totally i think so cool. it was dr seuss I, what about your first experience that was also my last and I, experience uh, like, poetry <laughs> <laughs> We, so we did Shakespeare in school, too. I guess that was, like, the first, like, adult poetry that, like, we thought about. And I, I liked it, I guess. I mean, we did Hamlet. Hamlet was cool. And we did Macbeth, I That's think. That's a fun one. I thought Macbeth was cool. I literally have no recollection but, of doing Shakespeare in middle school or high school. Eric didn't read in high school. That's not <laughs> did true. Did you not I read like the books? Water for Chocolate. <laughs> you liked and the I, movie because she's naked in it. I don't remember Ooh. that. So uh, is she naked in it? Yeah. What movie Water is this? Water for Chocolate. That's a good one. I've never seen this movie. I've never heard she, of She like it. rides on a horse. It's great. Is she naked while I'm she's riding on a horse? I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, I don't know where this memory is coming from. <laughs> Maybe Sydney's the pervert. <laughs> You're trying to like make, make it all about Eric, but Sydney's the pervert. Anyway, so we were talking about poetry. We have some poems on deck that Sydney is going to read to us. And then we're going to discuss... And then I have a poem, and time permitting, does Eric have a poem? No. Or will Eric just do some on-the-spot, like, slam poetry? Yeah, we'll get to that. That might be in the select after show that people have to pay oh, for. Oh, for the, for the Patreon yeah. VIP Tier 2 guests? Yeah. Got it. All right, well, let's get into it while we have time. So, Sydney sent us these poems, and then you sent along some mm-hmm. instructions with how to read these poems, because I think both Ed and I don't really read poetry i mean it's not like we would ignore a poem if it came across our desk but like we don't go searching for like poems to read so i don't really know i've never taken a class in poetry i don't know so like i don't really know how to like read a poem assess it or anything like that so you told us to read it through um in our heads and then read it aloud you said that was important and then you said after we had gone through it once to look at a couple questions which i guess we'll go through um and then to kind of think those over it before reading it again is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Sydney, why don't you introduce the first poem and then we can read it. All right. So the first poem is incredibly famous. If you know anything at all about poetry, you've definitely read this. Never heard of it. You might have Did had to write a paper about it. I don't know. It's called Daddy. It's by Sylvia Plath. I'm going to read I it. I have it printed out right here. Wow, I have you my both book. printed it out because you're both I around printers. Print it out. I have it in my book. This is published in a collection (laughs) called Ariel, which was edited by her ex-husband, I believe, Ted Hughes. Sylvia Plath was a fascinating person. Everyone should learn about her. We'll get into it when we read the poem. Okay. Okay. I I guess we should save it. Should I read it? 
I feel like, you know, I feel like we're on an NPR show right now. What with both of you wearing your Warby Parkers and your beautiful brunette hair. Thanks, Ed. I don't know. And Eric kind of looks what like that. What NPRs are you watching? Like, when are what, you who's watching the, who's, NPR? Who's, like, the most famous woman on NPR? Terry Gross. Does it, I kind of feel like Eric might look like Terry Gross. That's cool. That's too. cool. Hey, Sid, why don't you read that thing? <laughs> All right. Go ahead. You do not do. You do not do. Go ahead. Oh, Take it from anymore, there. black shoe, in which I have lived like a foot for 30 years, poor and white, barely daring to breathe or a chew. Daddy, I have had to kill you. You died before I had time. Marble heavy, a bag full of God, ghastly statue with a one gray toe, big as a Frisco seal, and a head in the freakish Atlantic, where it pours bean green over blue in the waters off beautiful Nosset. I used to pray to recover you. Ach du. In the German tongue, in the Polish town, scraped flat by the roller of wars, 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 but the name of the town is common. My Polak friend says there are a dozen or two, so I never could tell where you put your foot, your root. I never could talk to you. The tongue stuck in my jaw. It stuck in a barbed wire snare. Ick, 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 ick. I could hardly speak. I thought every German was you and the language obscene. An engine, an engine chuffing me off like a Jew. A Jew to Dachau, Auschwitz, Belsen. I began to talk like a Jew. I think I may well be a Jew. The snows of the Tyrol, the clear beer of Vienna are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my Tarok pack and my Tarok pack, I may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you. With your Luftwaffe, your gobbledygoo and your neat mustache and your Aryan eye, bright blue, Panzerman, Panzerman, OU. Not God, but a swastika. So black, no sky could squeak through. Every woman adores a fascist. The boot in the face, the brute, brute heart of a brute like you. You stand at the blackboard, Daddy, in the picture I have of you. A cleft in your chin instead of your foot, but no less a devil for that. No, not any less the black man who bit my pretty red heart in two. I was ten when they buried you. At twenty, I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. I thought even the bones would do. But they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue and then I knew what to do. I made a model of you, a man in black with a Mein Kampf look and a look of the rack and the screw and I said, I do, I do, so daddy, I'm finally through. The black telephone's off at the root, the voices just can't worm through. If I've killed one man, I've killed two. The vampire who said he was you and drank my blood for a year. Seven years, if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat black heart, and the villagers never liked you. They're dancing and stamping on you. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard. I'm through. Thank you, Sid. That was great. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. Are you tired? Yeah. My mouth gets dry when I read things like that for so long. And here we are. What do you guys think so, that she thought of her dad? I thought she was really scared. She really of him. loved him. Really tight. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a good I thought she was really scared of him. Oh, we're, we're joking? Are the jokes out of the way? Yeah. I'm trying to be serious because everyone thinks I'm going to be joking around. No, mm, be serious. But... Nice switch up. <laughs> I just flipped the switch. I just flipped the switch. Okay. All right. So we have our outro music. Okay. Can you just say words? Yeah. Say words. So I think the first question was who you thought the speaker in the poem was. Was that is that my first question? From what I can tell from Sylvia Plath, a lot of her poems, one of the things that made her so interesting was that they were so vulnerable, vulnerable and from her like own perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think it's coming from Sylvia Plath speaking to her own father. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought, too. Interesting. I thought, like, um, it definitely felt, like, confessional, and it definitely felt, like, I mean, all the things that she was referencing and, like, the just like, the clothing and what people were like, like, it's too real and specific, I thought, to not be 
just like an accurate representation of what life was like and it's clearly like i don't know i i've never experienced it but like i think losing your father early like at 10 and not necessarily having the best relationship before that i think probably really affected her and i think that's what she's writing about here yeah my i mean i i think that there's definitely an element of exaggeration in the poem i mean right sylvie plath wasn't jewish and it's like kind of maybe a bridge too far to say like my relationship with my father is like the holocaust you know i mean that's the point that she's trying to make but i i don't know i think it's definitely confessional in that she's speaking about her father but Mm -hmm. i don't know that we should take it literally interesting i thought that the way the way that i read it i thought that like her dad was like a very aryan looking person and maybe he had history like being a nazi soldier maybe i was like totally off with that well he definitely was german but i don't know i did Uh dig around not very much i read the wikipedia page um (laughs) to see if he was a nazi and i don't think there's any evidence of that so interesting she's definitely drawing a comparison but to what extent it's exaggerated right and i think that like the exaggeration that i get is just kind of like when you're so young just all adults kind of i just remember growing up that i thought that they were like super there were just some adults that i thought were super scary and just you can never live up to it and i mean it seemed like the relationship before wasn't so great but that exaggeration is more like of a what's the word like she idolizes him but in a negative way yeah. what is that what's the word for that i don't know you should make a word <laughs> Net- idolizing um so i have a question so when i'm reading something like this where it feels so uh personal and sometimes i do feel like i don't know i feel dumb when i read things that are very like intellectual and stuff like this um and so part of me to make myself i guess feel better is you know thinks that like there's a piece of this i'm missing and clearly you get more out of this if you know who sylvia plath is and you know who her dad is and you know her history does that matter to you when you're reading this like the fact that you do know who sylvia plath is do you feel like you have a better understanding of this poem or do you think that what Ed and I got after not really knowing, I mean, we know superficially who she is, but not the details. Like, does that matter or am I just making excuses for? My opinion on how to approach a poem is to completely disconnect it from its author. Mm. Um, I think whatever message they're trying to convey, they should be able to convey without um, like knowing anything about their biography. And I think that's kind of true about this. Like you, without knowing that her dad is Aryan or German or whatever, you still understand the really complicated, dark relationship that she had with him. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can also tell, like, just from this language that, I mean, I don't know, the comparison to the Holocaust is a little bit much. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know that whether or not you know that Sylvia Plath wasn't Jewish. Right. Um, so I kind of like I kind of when when I see like uh, the the question that Eric asked, I kind of would say um, that neither way is right or wrong. It's just like a different way of appreciating the same story. Like like Sydney said, I think that a part of art is art and poetry is to be able to put the story or like the feeling across without knowing the author. But I think knowing the author just gives you a different layer on it, and like you can appreciate it in like a different way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. Sure. The next question is, I think, most interesting for this particular poem, because Mm -hmm. I think the next question is asking um, how the sounds of the poem um, make you understand its message. And this particular one, I mean, you guys tell me what you thought about how it sounds. Yeah, so I think the question was, what is the mood or tone? Oh, sorry. We're skipping that one, because I don't want to talk about that one. (laughs) I thought it was, like, uh, really, like, just the, there were a lot of harsh noises in it, like... uh, staccato is the wrong word like where that's like where it's like and it's like i don't know it just like felt like someone raging but in like an intense way like yeah it just felt like some it it felt very intense it felt very dark it also felt very like over the top so like i think the sounds match that too yeah that's great yeah um i think when I was reading it and then reiterated with how you were reading it as well, like each line itself kind of like 
escalates and then falls back down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's interesting. So, like, if you look, yeah, I don't know, I'm just picking one of the, what do you call the little Stanza. 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 Okay. So, like, this one says, but they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue. Like, it goes up and then comes back down and like the yeah. pulled and stuck and model and black in that stanza are like the peak yeah. of each line yeah mm-hmm. at least when i'm reading it and when i heard you read it it sounded similar yeah mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similar sounds and like the ack 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 and the ick, 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 like really like 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 you guys are right. both saying like intense hard sounds i think that might have like i feel like that was a like the English words in the poem match like the German words yeah. that she used. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she, like German sometimes can sound pretty harsh, especially like when it's made to sound harsh. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I speak Russian, which is like, I think the most icky sounding language in the world. But like, I think that like, it's a lot of like icks and ooh and like, ah, and like those types of mm-hmm. noises. But yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting. Next question. Um, oh, so the next one that we've already touched on a little bit is about, I think, the images of the poem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the, the Holocaust analogies are the clearest and the most, like, jarring. Um, right. But there's other images that might, I don't know, like the vampire who drank my blood for a year. That's really, like, visceral, and you can, like... When right. you hear that, you feel the vampire like sucking the blood of the life out of you. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the big one for me was the part where it says, bit my pretty red heart in two. I was 10 when they buried you. At 20, I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. I thought mm-hmm. even the bones would do. Um, so part of that was striking for me because I thought, like, is that when she says at 20, I tried to die. I, that's when I started to realize, like, is there a piece of this, like, where I should know who Sylvia Plath is and, like, sure. that suicide attempt. Um, sure. But then also when she says, like, I thought even the bones would do. I don't know. I got this image of her, like, literally scraping the bones out of his grave to, like, try to yeah. recover a piece. And that's when I, like, questioned, does she, like, have a, like, does she care for her dad? Like, because she's trying to get him back in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's kind of destroyed in the next stanza, but. I think she wants him back to be mad at him. Okay. Or at least that's what I felt that like, there's no, that, I don't know. The feeling that I had is that there was no closure and like, mm-hmm. she feels like it, it, it was just, it ended. And even though it wasn't positive, like you still want closure with the people that like were negative in your life in some way. Yeah. I don't know. It's that, it's that nightalization, that negative idolization. <laughs> that I thought of. Yeah. I think some <laughs> of it is about how weird grief is. And, like, even, right. you know, losing somebody that you hate can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think that, like, I don't know. A part of me thinks that she's mad at him also for dying. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, he just came in and, like, came out. And, like, I don't know. I think that it's more than just, like, him being abusive or anything like that. I think she's just really mad at him for being gone. Yeah. That's good. Any uh, crunchy corner? Final thoughts? <laughs> no, I'm having fun. This is like one? that. No, I'm having fun too. I uh, I I really liked it, Sydney. I've never read Sylvia Plath. I kind of just know her story more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of like uh, maybe I've read some of her stuff. Is this her most famous poem? Yeah. So like maybe I've read some of her stuff and not known. I just know her as like one of these amazing female authors that took her own life yeah that's like kind of all i know it's kind of a shame that that's kind of what made her famous i know is she the one that put her head in the oven or walked in the river with rocks that's her Um, walked in the river with virginia wolf yeah was was she famous for like was part of her like intrigue being so obscene and vulgar for a woman at that time what year do you think this came out eric um I guess it gives it away because she talks about her dad. Like, yeah, that gives it away, kind of. Yeah, yeah, sixties. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised for some reason. I don't know. Before when I like, I thought it would have been until she started talking about like uh, the Nazi stuff. I kind of would have thought that it took place that it was written before that. But yeah, I was. I don't know. I was surprised. Well, she published the Bell Jar, which is her novel, which is very famous Mm -hmm. in 1963, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's there's probably some content in that that was like shocking for the time. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think she was famous because she was married to Ted Hughes. I could be totally wrong about a lot of this, but they were like, you know, an artist power couple. Mm-hmm. Really like contentious yeah. relationship. Anyway. Like me and Katie. Yeah. I'm a stand-up comedian and Katie's been doing oil paints. <sighs> So we're a, real, we're a real art couple. Yeah. yeah. Sydney, that was awesome. I really liked that poem a lot. I thought it was really intense and I'm kind of, I don't know, I thought it was really cool. I really liked that one a lot. I'm glad you enjoyed it. The next one is much shorter, um, but it's kind of, I don't know, I thought it would be interesting to choose something with the same subject matter in terms of being I, about yeah. a dad. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> um, but a very different take on it, obviously. Totally different take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I read this one first. That's a good choice. All right. This is Those Winter Sundays (laughs) by Robert Hayden. Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then with cracked hands that ached from labor in the weekday weather made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house, speaking indifferently to him who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? Ta-da. I'm I'm nodding my head. I don't know what noise to make. When a poem ends, yeah, like... snaps. A what? Snaps. Snaps. Yeah. Thought that was cliche. I wanted to do something different. <laughs> Ooh, so Katie said that alpha fees do like something like this. Is that? Yeah. Like... You're not allowed to tell people. I think that. it's really cool. It's but, not a wait, secret. we're not supposed to tell yeah, people. That's the secret handshake. Secret. Oh. No, it's not. Oh. The oh. secret handshake. Okay. You have to cut it out. Secret. It is cool though. Okay. Very. I I really like it a lot. Katie and I have been doing it at each other. That's pretty funny. <laughs> It's really funny. It's like you're shaking like a little it's like, a hanky. Uh, victory towel. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I like this one too. I like the first one more just because the first one is like just, it feels more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that it make sense? feels a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like. But this one I thought was very beautiful in like a different way. Um, I related to this one. I, I related to both of them in, in a certain way. Um, I think I wish I related to this one more, but I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Eric, you say something. Um, so I read them in the opposite order. I read the other one, uh, first. So it was nice to get this short one after that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I also, I thought this one, at least for me, maybe because it was shorter, but I just thought it lent a little bit more to the questions you were asking because for me I got more visuals with this one sure maybe that's because it's shorter but I also thought there were just a lot there was a lot more to the way the poem sounds to me in this one than the other one. Oh, tell me about that what did you say can you repeat what you just said I'm sorry there's a lot more like I got more visuals from this just in the the word choices um in how they sound when you actually like read it out loud and then I think one of the websites you gave like there's actually some he reads it so yeah. i listen to him read it as well cool mm. what sounds in particular mm. were you thinking about um so i know we talked a lot about like the hard ck in the mm-hmm. other poem but i think there's a lot of that here mm-hmm. as well um which in particular i think like almost each line or every other line at least for the first two stanzas has a hard like ck sound and then the last um stanza is less so it's a much softer sounding mm-hmm. stanza yeah um which for me like part of this is about the dad like building this fire so i got visuals of like every time the fire cracks it's like you hear this oh. like cracked hands and weekday and banked fires like that that ck sound is from the actual visuals of the fire cracking oh that's nice i think mm-hmm. about the ck as like i don't know for me that just evokes a feeling of being just cold which is also what the visuals of this are bringing up, mm. like the blue, black, cold, um, cold mm-hmm. splintering and breaking. So like the images and the sounds really come together to make you feel a certain way. God, we, guys, would you be surprised to know that Sydney grew up in Colorado and in New England? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the cold. 
But you seem to like cold poems. Yeah. Well, I like the poems. That's funny. Um, I like it too. The structure of this, it's interesting that you brought that up, Eric, saying that like the first two were a little bit harder and the last one is a little bit softer. Mm -hmm. Um, This poem is basically structured kind of like a sonnet, um, which typically would have like 12 to 16 lines. And usually the last two will be a couplet. Um, so it's well, a sonnet, Sydney. Do you want to do it? We have a lot of morons yeah. listening to the podcast. It's, Some are it's on like the podcast. A, <laughs> <laughs> it's a type of poem that has a very like cut and dry structure. Basically, there are a few types of sonnets. Like there's an Italian versus a Petrarchian versus a Shakespearean. But basically, a poet would sit down and try to fit their story or their narrative or their message within to the certain confines of a sonnet, which is actually kind of a great exercise for a poet because it's not just a blank page like you know that it's going to be 16 lines and you know that there's going to be a turn in the middle and you know that the last two lines are going to be a couplet so it gives you kind of like a box to work within and this um isn't doesn't fit any of those formal modes of a sonnet but it the the general way that it kind of flows and at the end those last Mm -hmm. two lines are so like heavy and make you rethink everything that you read from mm-hmm. the beginning um yeah so that that to me is what makes it sonnet like hmm. Hmm. i feel like i got i connected with this poem less i don't know why like i i'm hearing you guys make all these uh like connections that i guess i didn't really i feel like the eric after reading this poem that's mean. <laughs> I'm only saying it because Eric is mean to listen. No, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I guess I saw this more on like the face value of like it's a guy whose dad like does a lot for the family, but uh, the kids don't really like feel so positively about him. But they don't. And now he's like looking back on it and wishes he understood. Yeah. The situation better i guess mm-hmm. what what other questions do we have did, did we have i thought those were pretty helpful did we get them all on this one i feel like yeah, we talked about the the them. sound and mood mm-hmm. mm. for yeah, for sure. the i feel like for the message to refute what ed's saying a little bit i think there is throughout the poem this like unspoken love of the son for the dad and I think his only regret is that it went unspoken when he was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's up in his room realizing the fire is on and he loves that his dad, like he realizes his dad is showing love for him and he just wishes when he was younger, he could have returned that. Like, I don't think yeah. it's a lack of appreciate. I don't know. I didn't get that sense from it. I got, I got the sense that it's like, uh, that, I think that, I mean, he says, of love's austere and lonely offices. Correct me. Austere is like, kind of like austere. Isn't that like harsh and like dark and like. uh, I think more like, um, I don't know. Not like. According to Poetry Foundation. It says grave, sobering, and lacking adornment. Mm, I don't know. Mm. Obviously, the dictionary will tell us the answer. But yeah, I think it's interesting that he like chooses in those last two lines to describe love as something austere and lonely and as an office. Lonely, yeah. Like it's such a like an adult right. kind of cold feeling. But I think that's right. him kind of as you're saying, Eric, like growing up and maturing and looking back on his childhood and realizing that the type of love that his father showed wasn't like mushy lovey warm, but it was keeping their house warm, you know? And that mm-hmm. that's kind of an adult maybe not you know warm and fuzzy way of showing love but maybe right. a very it's important like a love you way. feel you show you show that like it's not gonna you do it because you love someone so much and you know that you're not gonna get anything back right right like kids don't thank their parents like thanks for feeding me the house yeah <laughs> thanks for the house thanks for not letting me die yeah a billion times over that's funny. How did you guys like uh, just like, you know, reading a poem? Are you going to read more in the future? I went through like a, a, a phase where I was reading when we lived with Carter. I started reading Rimbaud a lot. Hmm. Like and that's this like French author who just like talks about like sex and like uh, love in a really like intense way. But it's also like in an intense like 18th century, 18, like 1800s French way. So it's like Carter would get you into not- that. 
<laughs> and then I read a little bit of Emily Dickinson because somebody put me on to like that somebody who had never like didn't she basically like live in her house for her yeah, entire life? Yeah, she was life? basically a recluse. Right, and like she was a recluse and never left her house, but yet could write about love in the most like true and amazing way, even though she like never really experienced it firsthand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've read that, but like there was a big gap between like college, we read a lot of poetry, then like I read those two uh, poets a little bit outside of that, and then this is the first, the most recent time I've been uh, reading poetry. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I. I kind of feel intimidated a little bit by like just going into it on my own sure. rather than somebody being like, just read this. You know what I mean? I feel like when I'm doing something new, I always fall into like, I go on a list and I'm like top 10 <laughs> coolest <laughs> graphic novels to read. And I read those rather than like finding my own way. And if like, I don't latch on to the things that like are critically acclaimed, I think I don't search it out more on my own. Sure. That makes sense. Sure. I recommend yeah. I get the, um, poets.org poem a day emails you can like subscribe and they send you a poem like every day usually at like 6 a.m so i read it in bed in the morning it's kind of a nice Mm -hmm. way to wake up and if you like they do a nice mix of like old and contemporary poets so if you find someone that you really like you can then go search out you know other stuff they've done or their books Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. eric that's it you're done did you fall asleep um no uh I don't know. I, th- I think I sympathize with what Ed's saying that, I don't know, I, I think we're we're all like fairly busy. And so like, I don't really want to read a poem and then not like it or just feel like I wasted oh, time. because it takes so much of your time to well, read Well, I guess I, I feel the same way about like reading a comic book or graphic novel or reading a regular adult book, whatever. <laughs> like, I just, I don't want to waste time reading something that's not good. But I also don't want to just read like, here are the top 10 like poems you should read to know about po- like whatever like because that's boring those are i don't know so i want to read something interesting so that i can actually like talk about it but i also don't want to waste my time like reading something that's just not very good or that i don't appreciate at the end i like this Got because it. i knew that we were going to have time to talk about it yeah it was kind of like I a little like, book club <laughs> i feel like and i'm sure that i feel this way in some way too I think that you and I should both be more brave to, like, be okay to... Educate ourselves. Not necessarily that, but it's like, when you were talking about art, you were like, I needed Sydney there to tell me, like, what to think and stuff. I think you're a smart boy. It's very nice that you want to be with your love, but <sighs> what I, I, I think that you that maybe I need to feel this way, too, and I think that most people, like, Sydney made a good point. Like, if it's a good piece of art or you connect to it, you'll understand it even without knowing the like history behind it and clearly you're not a dunce you're like getting stu- you're getting a lot of things from it you're a doctor yeah. you're a doctor yeah, agreed but I, I i don't know i think part of the fun of art is being able to talk about it and yeah that's a part like, of it if that's one part of it i think sometimes at least for me like i read these things and it's hard to kind of get like the i don't know the context and the thought behind it and so sometimes for me like reading up about it a little bit gets things rolling and then I stop reading because I don't want to like just like hear what someone else has to completely think but like get the ball rolling and be like well listen to the sounds of that poem and then what do those tell you like it's nice to have those probing questions yeah right and I think you can apply that to art too like what do the colors you know say to me how about like the brush strokes you know like if you have a list of things to like guide you through (laughs) and think about right it becomes a little bit easier to navigate or you could just be okay with what I do with some art where I'm like, I like this because it's a picture of a guy and a dog. <laughs> like, I just like it for that reason. I don't know. Eric, you're a genius. Sydney, thank you for bringing us so much poetry. They were amazing sounds. And you know what my favorite sound is? Mm. Crunch, crunch, March, crunch. March, March. Crunch, 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 crunch. Guys, our longest running and most favorite segment. I'm so nervous. Give the people what they want. It's Eric's Crunchy Corner. Right. <sighs> Sydney, Sydney, did you do you know what Eric is about to present? I us? do know, but I didn't know until right before we started recording. Oh my god, there are so many secrets in your house. So many, All I right. don't even know where he was hiding <laughs> them. He often does hide them. He does. What is that? So they look like M and M's to me. All right, I'm gonna hold up. I'm gonna hold up the title, and then you read it. 
out loud. Go ahead, Cindy. Whoa, I'm so surprised. <laughs> Cindy, what is it? Mexican jalapeno peanut m and <laughs> Sounds awful. Sounds horrible. <laughs> sounds yeah. really bad. I told you, they're going through like this phase of candy where they're making spicy candy. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not a fan of. I, feel like spicy I thought they were going to be in now too. Yeah, Katie likes them. I mean, I'm excited about them. It does say on there, all proceeds go to the wall, though. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> we're back, baby. Yeah, we were doing poetry, and we were all bettering ourselves. We're back. Um, Mexican jalapeno peanut sounds really weird. <laughs> Eat it. Where did you get this candy? No, not yet. Wawa. It's gonna be so spicy. Wawa. Yeah. Got it. All right, so while Eric is... Put a bunch in your mouth. Don't eat one at a time. Oh, you think I should just go whole hog on it? You got like three. What's your What's your favorite flavor of M&M just based on the colors? Blue is the best. <laughs> Blue is the best. Brown is the one that is the most chocolatey. They're all just depends the on what you're looking. Yeah, you're the so other, wrong. The other day I, I ate M&M's based on the color. And which ones did you eat? The best ones are because I wanted order. the I wanted the cup to look pretty. So I started yeah. I started with the colors that I didn't like. Which are I don't really like the red. It's not a fun color. It's classic. It's the classic. Yeah, but color. if it's yeah. your seasonal cup of M and M's, you gotta have the red. Also, also the red one is clearly the leader M M&M. and M. That's true. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Raphael of M and M's. The Raphael. <laughs> um, I don't like the yellow color. So I ate that one. He's second in command. <laughs> what are you? Jeez. Um, what's left? Blue, orange. Blue is a cool one. He kind of was like, they the cool one. Orange is the new, is the crunchy one. He's nervous. Oh, okay. No, that's the pretzel one. He's nervous. And then there's the brown and green one, which are both sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking sexy ass M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> the brown one was like, they were all like hooting and hollering at her because. What is he so, referring to? What are you referring to? The Eminem oh, commercials. The commercials. But isn't it only like okay? Two? But I was Aren't talking it, it about the red and yellow the, one. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. So that's yeah, when did the green and black one get? And I did commercial? stop you because Sydney, we, we can we can we can cut this out. Raphael's not the leader. Like what the hell? Are, Leonardo is the leader. No, Raphael is red. the leader. No, the, the red is the red Power Rangers. The leader, no. the red turtle. Raphael's the bad boy. God, Raphael would be the blue one if he was an Eminem, quite clearly. Now, are we, st- are we still talking about art? <laughs> yeah, Raphael. Eric, eat a handful of those jalapeno right. peanut M&Ms. Mexican jalapeno peanut M&Ms. Guys, thanks for listening. Eric's eating his M&M. I'm so happy Sydney's on. I feel a natural chemistry with all three of us here. But I think if we got Eric out, it'd be just even better. Oh, he's making a bad face. <laughs> you don't look happy. Oh, no. You look... Is Sydney, is that bad face or confused? Well, now or? he's making a different face. I think he's well, just trying to confuse Eric, me. Before, do, you think, do you think he went online and read how to properly eat an M&M before <laughs> this? Otherwise, he just wouldn't know what to do. I don't he'd think just, so. He'd be confused mm-hmm. and intimidated oh. by it. So before Eric gets into it, we have a very uh, simple and easy to understand scale that we measure everything by. I will walk everyone through it if you would like to take out your printable scales that we send. Are we not going to uh, read your poem, Ed? No, we'll skip okay. it. We don't have. It was the soldier by Rupert Brooke. It was the soldier by Rupert by Rupert Brooke, right? Sure. Not Rupert Grant. So. I don't know. Uh, it was about the war, but it makes me tear up, so I couldn't have read it myself. Is it because real... you love England so much? I like the idea of it, and also where he, like, I, maybe I'll just read it at the end. We'll save it. It's got a but bad anyway. mouthfeel. What, the M&M's? No, the poem. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so the scale for a Crunchy Corner is, number one is, is this a flavor people asked for? Number two is, does it achieve this flavor? And number three is, goodness. And everything goes on the scale in increments of 0.5 from negative no and a half at the bottom to yes and a half at the top. And if it gets all yes and a halves, it's inducted into our golden yes club. And if it gets all negative no and a halves, which nothing has because Eric is a he loves everything. animal, it would eat a fucking tin can if you put it in front of him, uh, would be in the negative no, I'm sorry, the brown no club. So Eric, what? Do we have here all right so we have 
the Mexican jalapeno peanut M&M. Um, it has the yellow M&M uh, on the cover with a sombrero holding some jalapenos. A little bit racist. Because um, he's the dumb M&M? He's the yeah. dumb second-in-command leader. And this, then he's playing on her Apple Watch, but she looks like she's tapping her watch. Like, wrap it up, boys. <laughs> I filled all three uh, rings. Oh, good wow. job. Thanks. Anyway. So, Eric, keep reviewing your disgusting candy. All right. Um, initial taste, you got you got to wait for the heat to kick in. Mm. Kind of just it doesn't kick like in right M&M. away. It's not an immediate hit. Okay. Then uh-huh. it kind of creeps in a little bit, and that's kind of gross. Then it recedes. You get a chocolate, like, third act, okay? And then the final act is kind of this nice level of heat. Interesting. Which kind of makes you feel like you just ate something savory. Yeah, seriously. This is a lot of act for what is ostensibly just an M&M. But so here's the thing, right? You end with this kind of savory taste because you get the peanut and the jalapeno. And so you're like, I kind of want something a little sweet now. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's an addicting candy in that sort of way. You know? Mm. You'd be like, I need to buy a whole other set of M and M. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So, Eric, is this a flavor people ask? For? No. <laughs> negative no. No one asked for it. Negative no. What about negative no and a half? You're not ready to give a negative no. No. Right no. Okay, that I would understand. be like I don't know. Whatever. If it was. If it was. If it was instead of Mexican peanut, if it was Mexican olive M M&M, and M, yeah, that's one that nobody wants. Okay, does it achieve the flavor of Mexican jalapeno peanut? Yes, yes, it yes. does. Yes, just yes. Yeah, just yes. Yep. How would it achieve it more? Um, I'd like the chocolate to last a little bit longer. But none, none of the adjectives describing the M M&M and M were chocolate. Well, the M M&M and M part. The M&M implies chocolate. Got it. What about it is Mexican-y? Is it a cumin in yeah, Is there like a hint of cinnamon or something? No, guys. I feel like all that's jalapenos are made in Mexico. You didn't know this? What? What? All jalapenos are made in Mexico. That's the assumption. Well, we're talking about the chocolate. <laughs> I know, but what? What are you talking about? It's Mexican jalapeno. It's a type of jalapeno. Oh, got it. It's a jalapeno from Mexico. What do you think? They're going to put a piece of Mexico in the candy and it's going to taste like you're in Mexico? No, I thought there are some spices. Like, I'm back to Cindy. What is a Mexican spice? Cinnamon. Cumin, cinnamon, horchata spices. (laughs) Nah. Those things? Never heard of these. Any of these. Nachos. (laughs) There's no nacho flavor to it. Eric, the last and most important uh factoring factoring bullet is the goodness level i would say yes for real yeah i'm gonna eat I'm it i'm so surprised based on your face that you were making eric we established that you would eat a tin can <laughs> rewind back a little bit oh oh so you're saying the fact that i'm gonna finish this is not an indicator of how good it is no oh, okay <laughs> i mean i'm not I gonna eat the that, bag <laughs> that's why it's kind I of kind of wish plus. I kind of <laughs> yes pluses. Not only does the candy have to be good, but the packaging has to taste good. <laughs> and it's yes and a half, you idiot. Oh, sorry, it's so. Intuitive. I wish Sydney was there to taste the candy as well. Sydney, do you have anything for Crunchy Corner, or does Eric not share his food? With he you? doesn't share his food with me. Oh, do you want to review something that you've eaten recently? I had a poke bowl today that was pretty good. But I bought you special dinner tonight. Oh yeah, that was so good. Don't don't curse, don't curse. We went the whole episode. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I think I swore, or I I might have sworn. Poke bowl. Are we going to talk about poke bowls? Are we done with no? We should talk about our special dinner. Pokey, go to the polls. (laughs) Fucking poke balls. The new Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's what people wanted. I had a bad day at work, so Eric did a really nice thing, and he went to this little restaurant place in our neighborhood and picked up dinner for us and this place is called stargazy that gives away our neighborhood um and they do like hand pies pot pies like english pies Mm. and stuff and he got so much food i can't believe the guy said that was enough for two people anyway it was very good you guys had a bunch of hand pies there was like a, a little wellington 
There was mm-hmm. yeah, there was a hand pie with lamb and a hand mm-hmm. pie with strawberries. Wow. Yeah. What a good good boyfriend Eric is. Yep. He's not my Why, boyfriend. How do we always come to this conclusion? Yeah, he's your boyfriend. <sighs> well, I guess that's the end of it. Bye. Can I make a final pitch? For what? Now, Ed, you have seen this show. Sydney, I know you've seen this show. <laughs> I know other people listening have seen this show. If you have not seen Temptation Island, <laughs> you got you to gotta see it, all right? If you're wasting your time I... with The Bachelor or you're still watching Real World, is that a thing? You got to try Temptation Island. We're really I'm so it. surprised that you watch it, Eric. Okay, we are on episode eight, and I will tell you, Sydney, you agree? See, episode, what was it? Five. Five, six, seven, and eight are some of the like best back-to-back episodes of television I've ever seen. <laughs> Sydney, do you agree? I agree. Okay, I'll say best oh, back-to-back my. reality television I've ever okay. seen. All right. I understand. Some of those people are pretty attractive, but all yeah, the all main hot. people are not the main people. You don't think so? The black guys are pretty hot, and some of the women are okay. But and the 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 main redhead guy who's hooking up with clearly the most beautiful woman on the show, I know. you know the big tall goofy looking <laughs> yeah. one, yeah, Evan. who's hooking up with with the one that I'm in love with. Yeah, Mor- Morgan. Morgan is her name. He is. He's the he's worst, the dumbest idiot I've ever <laughs> All right, so seen the premise in the, of the show, world. real quick. This this whole podcast, I didn't tell you this yet. Ed, this whole podcast is going to turn into Temptation Island podcast. Tune in next <laughs> week. A recap show. Um, we're just going to recap the show. All right. Ooh, what would we, wait, 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 wait. Before you go on, what would be the name of our podcast? Um, Return to Temptation Island? <laughs> um, That's good. I don't know. We, we'll think about it. Okay. Check your feed next week. Okay. Um, <laughs> the premise is there are four couples. They have been together for a certain amount of time. At least a year. I think the shortest is like, is like amount three years. Of Sixty-seven weeks. Long-term relationships. Some of them live together. Right. Some of them have talked about getting married. None of them are engaged or like planned to be married at this time. No laws are being. They broke. go to an island. In particular, it's the island Maui. is Hawaii, which is awesome. All right, and they go to a very specific island. <laughs> on that island are thirteen single females and thirteen single males. Of the human species. <laughs> there are two houses. The men that are in relationships, so the four men, room with the 13 single ladies, and the four women, room with the 13 single men. They then spend the time there for however long 10 episodes is, because that's how we assume like long two weeks. Like 25 Three days weeks, or something. Maybe. Um, and then they have different kind. It's similar to... It's a game show, so in a sense. So there are like certain like challenges each week where they have to eliminate someone or someone new comes on or whatever. Like there are little perks to each episode or whatever. But each episode is not very structured. It's not like very formulaic like The Bachelor or anything like that. It kind of just flows. They pick the best scenes. But the point is, can they make it through? And if they don't want to make it through, can they realize like why they should break up? So the show, unlike most other reality love shows, is they come in already in love and it is a test of that love as opposed to can you find love, which is a very dumb premise because you really shouldn't find the one you want to be with for the rest of your life on a TV yeah, show. Yeah, Temptation Island is a show for smart people. This is a show. Everyone should go on it. Sydney and I are signing up. We're going to be in season Dude. two and then we'll get married after that. Yeah, guys. So like the show is de- <laughs> the show is extremely sexy for sure, and there's some good looking people to stare at. But like the men and women are like literally, if somebody was like draw a caricature of every type of man and draw a caricature of every type of attractive woman, there's like the sexy Democrat, there's like the Italian guy, there's like the, the, there's like the Cuban guy, like there's a lot. My favorite guy is the guy that looks like a. He's in. He looks like Beast from Beauty and the Beast after he's turned into a human. Do we yeah. know the animated about? one you know? or the live action? This is very important. Oh, the animated one oh, okay. where he kind of just looks like a monster human. Yeah. Weirdly, <laughs> there's no like scrawny doctors. <laughs> Weird. Or or short Jewish guys. Yeah. Actually, I think there might be. Anyway. Ed, you sound like Sydney. you're really familiar with this show. I just watched it. We watched three episodes straight with Eric. This was when Eric was um. When he visited and he was so hungover that we thought he was going to die. And I felt bad for like, a, for like three weeks. When we did the Lost uh, Power Hour episode. The Lost oh, Power yeah. Hour that will never be found. 
when Eric did his intermittent fasting during our <laughs> drinking day. <laughs> um, I am. I wish I was more familiar with the show. Sydney is what I'm trying to say. I would love to hear the female perspective on the show, if possible. I don't know. It sparks a really a lot of interesting conversations about relationship. I don't mm-hmm. know. And like the way we've talked about the the way that they've chosen the couples, like they've chosen very different types of relationships to go on the show. And like some of them are definitely going to make it and you can tell. And some of them definitely are going to not. And you can tell. Yeah, definitely. The, the girl, one of the women starts introducing herself by saying, I don't think my my boyfriend is masculine enough. Oh, yeah. On camera. Yeah. Having a rough time. <laughs> yeah. No, duh. Because they're awful. Yeah. Yeah, but now um, one of them is having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, the guy probably. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's super it's good. You should watch it. And if you want to keep Guys, listening I to this podcast, like... you should definitely watch it. Can I Can I say I'm surprised to hear that... Oh, oh my God, my M&M's. Surprised... Louis. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that you guys watch it because I can imagine you guys getting mad at each other <laughs> when you watch it. Now we're on the same page. No? You're on the same page? Yeah. Yeah, I bet you guys the whole time are like... I wouldn't love anyone as much as I love you, Sydney. No, no, oh, I no. love you too, Eric. No, we say that, I don't know, I would be like nauseous and anxious and like throwing up the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah. I would be so upset. <laughs> what? Jesus what is happening? Uh, I know, Katie had a bag of shit that fell. Oh, yeah, it's anyway, Katie's fault. I feel like, yeah, it's <laughs> obviously not my fault. Guys, I just feel like I'd be fighting the whole time with my significant other or mad at my significant other. Well, they can't the whole talk. Time. Also, they edit, so at the very end of each episode, they, like, gather all the couples mm-hmm. together, but separately, like, women and men, and then they show them videos of what their significant other was doing, but they edit it in the most the evil worst. way. Yes. Ever. Yes. So it's it's literally a show for assholes. <laughs> it's so good. And then Mark, so, so Mark Wahlberg, not that one, is the host. <laughs> I can't believe he, he kept the name Mark the Wahlberg. Perfect it's Hollywood. Balance you can of make like... your name whatever you want. And he picked Mark. <laughs> he thought he was going to be most famous than Mark Wahlberg. It's like me going to Hollywood. He might like, be though. Well, George Clooney now. <laughs> he might be after this show. Oh my gosh. Um, he's such a good balance of like caring for these people, but also being like, "You guys are so stupid. Why'd you come on my dumb show? You're all fucked." <laughs> it's so good. All right, I so can't. everybody watch it. That's your homework. You don't have to tell anyone about the podcast this week, but next week, please, guys, please tell people things are really bad for me and Sydney. I didn't get any hand hand pies, but like. We need people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> this is this is all Sydney and I do now. We're both just podcast people now. Yeah. Eric is going to have to sustain all of us. Katie left weeks ago. <laughs> mm. I don't have any more food for Louie. If Katie do left, she would have taken Louie. That's true. We've talked about it. If she, if she leaves, she gets Louie, but I get the TV. <laughs> 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 That's all a man needs. TV and my beers. No, Temptation Island would be really bad for my engagement. <laughs> Not that we don't love each other, but it's just insane. Guys, the, uh, what's the incentive for the singles to hook up with these people? There really isn't They much, haven't actually. stated any incentive other than they get to hook up with and someone. They get to and be if they don't hook up with someone on the show. The way they make it seem is that the singles were told, if you destroy this relationship, we will give you a million dollars. They are so... They're immediately, as soon as the couples come, the singer's like, oh, I want to I have sex with him so, so bad. I'm never, no one is like this. It's insane. It's an, it's a show for insane people. <laughs> and Eric and Sydney. Yeah. And we'll watch it for next week. Yes. We're going to watch it? That's the homework? No, the homework, I think we're. No. No. What? Oh, are we doing the, the actual homework? The special one that you were planning? Yeah. Okay. Introduce it. Is that, is that Okay. I don't care. I, my life is nothing. All right, cool. Um, so we're going to have another special guest on next week. Um, next episode. Oh, next episode, not next week. It'll be because it's going to be around an event that's happening in like two-ish weeks or three weeks or okay. something like that. So it'll be after that event. We'll do a little brief, uh, debrief. It's um, the Apple event. Don't make it oh, seem like somebody's uh, giving birth or you're getting like a surgery. Could have been either of those, though. Um, and then we're going to, Ed and I are going to do a little try at coding and see how that goes. So, if you, that's the homework, guys. You have to also code. Good luck, Isabel. <laughs> no, you don't have to code. You don't have to do the homework. You just have to watch Temptation Island. 
Just every week. That's your mo- That's gonna be your motto for your kids, Eric. You don't have to do the homework. Just watch Temptation <laughs> Island, and then you'll learn how- why me and your mom don't live together anymore. <laughs> it's Temptation Island. Sydney, thank you so much for coming on. I adore you. Thanks for you having awesome. me, guys. This was really fun. Did you have Are fun? You gonna tell your- yeah, I just said this was really fun. <laughs> but but really, were you that faking was- it the whole time? Yeah. Guys, anyone tell your friends to talk Sydney, about poetry. Sydney, is there, what's the chance that you tell your friends that you were on this episode? What friends do I have that are different from your friends? <laughs> and that's the end of the episode, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We love you. Say bye, Eric. Oh, I'll tell you what song's coming yep. out in a second. No, say bye. Oh, um, bye, Sid. Bye, babe. And here's American Pie by Don McLean. A long, long time ago. I can still remember. Are you playing the other song right now? Can I pause my recording or should I leave it? Oh gosh, just leave it. I'll do it. Okay. It's 25.7 MB. I don't see me mad.